Hi, I'm Adrian. Welcome to the podcast, I'm Also, where we talk to people with multiple careers, pursuits, and interests. For this episode, I am at the Depot Art Space in Devonport, talking to David Bell, who has an exhibition on today. David studied graphic design and illustration at Liverpool Art School in England, followed by a career in advertising based in London. Then he moved to New Zealand and in 1999 set up Ad School at the Media Design School. The course is Auckland's internationally acclaimed course for aspiring young writers and art directors, which I have done. It's very good. Today, our focus is not on advertising, though, no, it's on David's books and artwork. Hello, David. Hello there, Adrian. Uh, I guess we'll start. What's going on today? Well, there's a lot going on in the news, but um, with you today. Yeah, it is, it is odd talking about something as personal as this when the whole world seems to be going. Um, a bit crazy uh, but yes it's last couple of days I've been setting up all my artwork frames and prints for sale and all that sort of stuff and today we had a slow uh, rolling launch party in the sense that instead of it being for an hour and a half we did it over the entire day because we don't want to have too many people all in the same place at the same time uh, which is been interesting yeah slow but steady uh, but quite quiet yeah so what uh what is your art on display yes well a few years ago i'd say about 10 years ago i started writing a book that i had in mind and i did it as a self-published book and it was just that a novel what was it called what was it called oh it was called the dog hunters and after a while, people kept on saying, well, you can draw. Why don't you do the drawings for them? So I did the drawings for them. And then I wrote another book, which is called The Dog Assassins. And I illustrated that one. And then I did another book, which is called The Dog Army. And I illustrated that. And the last one came out about a year ago. And then all of a sudden, that call went out in Devonport for artists to put forward propositions about, you know, maybe do some of your work. And... And Janil and me, that's the missus, thought be a bit cheeky because it's not really what I regard as fine art, but put it forward as if it were fine art. And strange thing happened when I took my drawings and put them in frames and I went, actually, this looks quite good. I felt felt like maybe it is art after all. It's a, it's a bit strange you didn't draw, because you are, I mean, you're an artist first drawing, it's a bit strange... You didn't draw the pictures to start with. Is that strange or not? Yes. Yes, it is very <laughs> odd. Um, and to answer, to give that a proper answer, when I first started thinking about doing this story, it was going to be very much like a Harry McClary sort of um, project. In a sense, there were going to be, you know, 12 pages, six double-page spreads, maybe, maybe 12 double-page spreads with lots of big pictures and two lines of rhyming couplets underneath it in Harry McClary or Where the Wild Things Are format. And then, even though I'm not a writer, I started writing and these stories kept on forming and it very quickly stopped being a drawing, an illustration exercise, and turned into this full bore I had a novel writing thing, which was quite scary, quite scary. And I, and, I, and I dropped it for about, 
oh, I'd say about seven or eight years because I, I, well, I was busy doing other things like working and teaching and things. And then when I restarted it, I carried on enjoying it. Uh, and then, you know, the first one came out and that's when people said, why don't you do the drawn versions? And although there are illustration-free versions of the books available, um, by far and away, the, the bigger sales have been the, the illustrated versions. And I can't quite put my finger on why, because it's very rare you see full-blown 250, 300-page novels nowadays which are filled with illustrations. Yeah. Uh, and yet, that's what people seem to quite like. Mm. Well, they're just quite nice to look at for a basic level. Oh, that's a good picture. As opposed, it's not, yeah, it's yeah. part of the story, but it's also, oh... It's, it's odd, isn't it? Because, you know, one of the things they say about books is you read them and you make your own yeah. pictures up in your head. So you would have thought having pictures would be a little bit too, I don't know, pres- prescriptive. Is that the word? Uh, but people like it. And, it. and I tell you what, it, it adds value. It adds value to the book. So a book that I'm quite happy to sell at 30 bucks a, a, a copy is, it's worth it. Nowadays, it's hard to sell something beyond fifteen dollars, you know, online Amazon and all yeah. that sort of stuff. So, did you find the writing more challenging than the pictures, or was there a more challenging part to it? No, uh, it's much harder than the drawing. The drawing, the drawing is is work. It's hard work, but it's easy hard work because I've been drawing all my life. Yeah. The writing, because I'm not a natural born writer, I'm learning from scratch. It's not like writing for advertising. That's relatively easy because it's short form, but when you're going into 250, 300 pages, trying to keep hold of structure and everything. And then, of course, it's going back through the text and finding everything that's wrong with it because there's so many mistakes. Even even though you try your hardest, you have to use copy editors and you have to be quite vicious. I I, I can be vicious with my own drawings, but it's really hard to rewrite things. Because you've got to admit some sort of intellectual uh, deficiencies when you realise that what you've written is totally self-indulgent, yeah. rubbish, going nowhere. Um, having said that, I really enjoyed the writing. It's 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 uses an awful lot of imagination, and I find myself coming up with ideas that I'd never even anticipated would be there. Very unlike working in advertising. Mm. So sort of same creative process, isn't it? Or is it is it the same creative process? No, I don't think it is because when you're working in advertising, you always have a brief. You always have this anchoring point. It's the thing that sort of like is a starting point for your thinking. Whereas when you're and you have to be responsible to the to the client and to the uh, and to the to the consumer. Whereas I, I find that the writing writing the books was. Um, just very different. It's, it's much more self-indulgent, mm. uh, which is odd, in the sense that you have you have no brief, but you do have structure and narrative things that you know instinctively. I, and I guess that's that's been one of the things going into something that I had no idea about. It's been a great learning experience, and maybe that's why I like doing it so much. Is because I am learning something new as opposed to doing something that I know I can do with, well, not with my eyes shut, but mm-hmm. uh, something that I don't really have to think about. 
There's a lot more discipline, isn't there, if you're the client kind of thing, aren't you? Absolutely. It's it's something that I think a lot of people don't really appreciate about people working in the creative side of advertising is that there is a responsibility and you do have to be thinking about is it going to solve the client's problems as much as is it going to be interesting and is it going to be cool and will I be proud of it myself? You have to be proud of both sides, the creativity and the discipline, I think, and, and your responsibility. Yep. So once you, once you finished your book and it's written, then what did you do then? Because you self-published, so what was, what was the step after that? Going from, I've got a manuscript. Well, going back a little bit, the first thing I, I, I tried to do was to get it properly published, i.e. through a publishing company. And you immediately come up against the slightly sobering fact that there are an awful lot of people in exactly the same position as you trying to get into publishing. And you find about 30 seconds after that, that no publisher is going to look at you unless you have an agent. So actually the hard thing is to get in to see an agent. Now there are more agents, but they are seeing hundreds and hundreds of manuscripts every week. And there are many thousands of agents around the world. So you, you do come up very quickly against this quite difficult wall to break down and I haven't broken it down where you realize that you're just one of many, many, many thousands of people. I, I, I tell people this, you, you go into any bookshop nowadays, any bookshop, whether it's Whitcalls or, or, or Unity books, and there are thousands, tens of thousands of titles and every single one of them is has come, gone through and the most extreme vetting process you can imagine even the not very good things have gone through a vetting process that's quite um, bewildering every single one of those books there's probably been a thousand twenty thousand authors trying to get their book out a lot fall at the first hurdle so that's the reason i self-published because i just wanted to get them out and that's actually quite easy it's, it's, it's extremely easy, in fact. Having, you know, art direction skills and being able to use the Mac and work in InDesign and because I can lay things out, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't very long to put the books together. Um, and then you just basically download the stuff onto CreateSpace uh, or, or whoever. There's, there's quite a few people who will do this for you. And they don't say yes or no. They just take your money and well in fact actually CreateSpace doesn't take any money from you at all you only they only make money if you sell yeah. and that's that's very interesting uh, I'll confess you know being slightly money grabbing in mentality when I when I start looking at the at the maths of it if you go through the publisher if you sell a book for ten dollars say you only get something like ten cents Self-publishing, if I sell a book for $10, I get $5 back. Mm. But then, of course, I have to do all the publicizing. I have to do all the hard work to, to get it out there and get it in front of people. And I have no distribution. Uh, so, again, we go back to this learning process. It has been a very interesting learning process uh, where you begin to realize that the, the world that we know is the way that it is for all sorts of different reasons and... You know, you're just one of many thousands and 
to break through all that takes a little bit, well, just as much hard work as, as any, any, anything else you want to try in life. Mm. At least you've, you've got it there, haven't you? You've got the hard copies, it's all selling. Well, it's most, done. most people who buy uh, my books, they're buying it either in the States or in the UK and Europe because that's, that's where the market is. And if, if someone buys my book through Amazon, they, they order it, it gets printed, bound, packaged and posted. And it could be on your desk within 36 hours. It's wow. quite extraordinary. I've had people order it on a Thursday and they get it on a Friday. Now, if you do that from New Zealand, it, it won't arrive for another two weeks because it has to come all the way from the States or the UK. So I always publish, I have a, a stack of about 100 copies of the book in, in the attic at home if people want to buy it here. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's quite interesting that this publisher publishing on demand because obviously there's no warehousing, there's no waste, there's no, there's no none of those problems, I guess. Um, yeah, so what was the question again? <laughs> I, think, I think I asked the question. I've got a slight change of topic though, because okay. obviously you've been doing advertising and, and teaching, teaching creativity. Um, do you think creativity is still valued as much as it was, say, twenty years ago? Like the idea process and everything, sort of an advertising. And... It's all numbers uh, now, I really. I, numbers. Yes, you're sort of asking the wrong person here because. Obviously, I think it's been undervalued, but then I would say that it's always been undervalued. Creativity and advertising, for sure. I don't think it's I don't think it's undervalued, undervalued out there with all sorts of forms forms of art. I think mm. people still buy art and they mm. still buy music and they still watch movies and things like that. You know, if, if it's entertaining, people want to watch it. They they pay their money and they get it. And you know, there's big industries. When it comes to creativity and advertising, yes, I think there has been a shift towards more the media side of things, you know, because they can prove that people are looking at things. Uh, I think the question of what are they looking at and is it having an, an impact has become a little bit uh, questionable. But then it always has been in advertising, mm. hasn't it? You know, mm. what was it Lord Lever said, I, I know that half of my yeah. advertising budget is wasted. Trouble is, I don't know which half. Yeah. Uh, it, certainly, it certainly feels that way. But even then, even then, I would say that there's there's there's, there's always been a, a, a at least a two tier level of creativity in in advertising because you have the the top of the range stuff, the stuff that wins awards and is also very successful. That's always been valued, you know, for the big brands and the big products and and those cut through pieces of creativity. Everyone can see that that's worth it. Now, the, the, the next level down is not one wanting to disparage what I regard as being bread and butter advertising, you know, retail stuff, your Briscoes and your Harvey Norman. There's not a great deal of creativity in them, but they do still sort of work. And so even at that lower level of creativity, there is a little bit of craftsmanship and artistry and some of it's a bit shonky, but it, there, is, there is that stuff. And, you know, that works. And we go back to that thing. If, if it works, that's, that's a big tick for me in advertising. If it works and I'm proud of it and people like it and, they, and the clients are pre-said, well, that's a, that's, a, that's a much, much, much bigger tick for me. And that's the one I'd all, all would be going for. 
However, as a teacher, of, you know, teaching ideas is, I don't know many people that do that. Have you got any sort of tips on, if I say, what I want to increase my ideas when I get better at thinking, what's, what's your go-to tips? Well, there's, there's only one tip, and that is you've got to have lots of ideas. How do, I get, how do I get more ideas? Well, <laughs> funny enough, uh, well, you, the listener, you, you won't know this, but Adrian is one of my old students, but from a long, long way back, 2002. And I think in, in the early second year of the course, and I think back in the day, I hadn't even really picked up on this. But there's this thing called the quota method. Um, it's an Edward de Bono thing. And it was a guy, oh, what was his name? Tom Davis, I think, Tim Davis, who's a Aussie creative director. He said, you've got to look at this thing, the quota method. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an A3 sheet with 50 boxes on it, and you have to fill all 50 boxes. And you start at the beginning, and you go through the pain barrier, and you get to the end of it, and the, and the first boxes will be the same ideas everyone else has, and the last boxes will be just drivel garbage because... Your, your brain's turned to mush. Somewhere in the middle of there, there will be a there will be a new idea, a genuine idea that will will be different, creative, and solve the problem, and all that sort of stuff. So that's the first thing. You've got to have lots of ideas. But the the second thing, and that came out of a book called The Technique for Producing Ideas, which is a tiny little book. And I have to say, I'm desperately trying to remember the name of the author. I'll I'll put that in in my. I've got it at home. I'll put it in my list of yeah. readings. And, and, and the thing it says about that is it, it's, it's the only time I've ever had someone define what an idea is, which is it's uh, joining two things that already exist and the joining produces something new. And it's brilliant because... When you go, when you do your fifty yard issue, you begin to look at it and say, "Well, what have I joined here? Is there is there something joined? Is there is there something new, or is it just a, a pun, or is it just a something you've seen before?" When you can, when you when you do the work, and then you can look at it slightly, you know, from a different perspective and say, "What have I joined here?" Then then that helps as well. But at the end of the day, you you, you can't do that until you've actually gone through a certain pain barrier of trying to generate ideas. And of course, there are all sorts of other things you can do. Every book written by Edward de Bono will give you a starting point for having mm. ideas. And there's whack on the side of their head and so many different books. You know, it's like a self-help. Yeah, if you want to write it, if you want to be successful in writing, write a self-help book about how to have ideas. Someone's already read, uh, written it. Um, but even you could read all of those books. It's not until you actually start you got to do it. Still, Scribbling you? it. Yeah. And, and again, write, write words and draw scribbles. Yeah. And, and you'll start seeing patterns and that's when, you, when you'll see the ideas popping out. That's, that's, that's my bottom line to do lots. Yeah. Now I get to my plug a product segments where we plug, plug a product. Yeah. So uh, your, books, where, where can pe- your books, where can people find them, buy them? Well, if we're in New Zealand, you'll have to contact me directly because they're not available in the shops they're, they're rattling good reads they're all five they're star they've got five star yeah. oh yeah absolutely um, and if you like medieval action adventure with strange dogs and violence and my quotes I use my quotes the best preface I've ever read 
Well, because it was written by the dog itself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you can, you can, if you contact me, that's on David E F C Bell, B E L L at me.com. So that is David E F C Bell at me.com. And I will work something out. If you are anywhere else in the States or in the in Europe, it's all available on Amazon. Just look for yeah. the adventures of Llewellyn and Gallat. Yeah. Uh, Llewellyn, double L, E W E L Y N, because it's Welsh. Isn't it? Oil. What's so, the title again? All three books are part of the trilogy The Adventures of Llewellyn and Gallat. And if I order Amazon from New Zealand, are they going to make it there and send? I, they keep talking about it, but they won't send it no, to me. I, 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 it's quite a small market, I think. But you can read the reviews here. Oh, you read the reviews, yeah, yeah. And they're all they're all pretty good. And they're, not, they're all not by people who know me as well. Yeah, a lot, lot of people who like wolfhounds buy it, um, and so you get completely neutral reviews from them because they don't know me. Yeah, and I'll finish a different part because I know you are an Everton supporter, so I should probably just. Give you a chance to say something about Everton Positive Football Club. Yeah, well, obviously, it goes without saying, they are the greatest football club in the history of um, football. Uh, there are some teams who have done much better in this and have more fans and everything, but they're still not as good as Everton because only Everton play in Royal Blue. It, 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 it's, a, it's a funny old season because we'll end up being exactly where we always end up, which is slap bang in the middle. But there are some Is teams. Generous, aren't they? Aren't they a little bit lower than the middle? I did. I did some research before I turned up here just to see where they were at. Uh, uh, well, okay. Well, if, I'll, I'll counter any research you give me. And if you look on, if you look and find out who is the who is the in the top three of the history of English football, you'll find that Everton are in the top three historically okay. speaking by points. By points adjusted. Adjusted. Yes. That's good. Yeah. Any final thoughts on, on your book, Voyage of Writing? Yes. I, I can hardly recommend it. Anyone out there who's got a book in them and they say, oh, I can't write. Well, that's exactly how I felt about it. And, and I just started doing it. I had a compulsion to do it. And I did it. And it's the most enjoyable thing ever. And I don't make, I, you, know, I, you know, for all sorts of reasons, I have sold super huge amounts of it. That's not the point. It's the, it's the doing it and having ideas and getting it down and getting it out of you. It's, you've got to scratch that itch. It's great fun. It really is. Um, you, you, you know what your story is, but it's the telling of it is the good fun. So I recommend it. It's a, one of the most pleasurable experiences I've ever had, short of going to Goodison Park and watching Everton thrashing Liverpool. It's just very high praise for you. Absolutely, yes. Okay, David, I think we'll stop there on a high note. Yes. Thank you very much. Well, thanks, Adrian. It's nice seeing you again after all these years. Yeah, we can't shake hands. No. Good God, no.